You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome to the Immigration Hour on America's Web Radio. This is your host, Charles Cook. Uh, Dave, it's great to be back with us here today. We missed a couple weeks because of travel and uh, the 4th of July, which threw us all off on a Tuesday. Uh, 4th of July shouldn't be on Tuesdays, by the way. <laughs> they should always have 4th of July on a Monday. They need to rename it uh, Alternate July or something, or... Yeah, it's exactly. First Independence Day. Independence Day, which is the first Tuesday in July, uh, first yeah. Monday in July. Yeah, uh, because everybody wants Friday off. It's a long weekend. They get Monday off. It's like you know, it was just crazy. I was at the office on Monday. We were open on Monday, and I saw tons of people. People, people, people had off on Monday, but it was just insane because nobody else was around. Oh, and uh, nobody was here. I was here on Monday, and uh, like you said, I it, <laughs> it's messed me up. All month, I, I and I, like I said, my wife was out of town. On top of it, and I picked her up yesterday, and yeah, it was almost like I was picking her up from, like on a Saturday or something. It was, it wasn't, a, it wasn't Monday. If that, makes yeah, it sense. just feels, it felt weird, didn't it? it just yeah. felt weird. So it was just been a long month. My garden report is the garden has been eaten by a deer. <laughs> Or, or it's mostly grass at this point. You know, I, so I, it's just it's just it's, it's so much rain. It's rained here, I think, every day since May first or so. It's just an incredible amount of rain. We normally average in June, for example, four inches. We had twelve inches in June, and I, you know, people who live in the Northeast they go, "Well, that's not a big deal." It's a big deal here. Yeah. I mean, literally, the ground is just soaked. You know, the thing that soaked. that uh, kills me with the with the deer as well. Is that um, I've got rose bushes, <coughs> and they eat the they eat thorns and all. Oh yeah, they just munch them down. Yeah. Just, uh, so you know it's uh, and of course uh, the, you know nothing's changed in Washington D.C. Uh, you may have noticed that Obamacare is still around, which is uh, great for people who like Obamacare. Uh, Dave's not a big fan of Obamacare, um, but Obama's uh, still around. Obama's, <laughs> which is good, as well. which is good because maybe he'll be as good an ex-president as uh, Jimmy Carter has been, um, but uh, or Bill Clinton. Uh, did you happen to see, by the way, the Bill Clinton uh, uh, George Bush tête-à-tête? Uh, it actually was really quite funny, uh, quite funny. You know, brothers from another mother, they say. Um, maybe they deserve each other. Yeah. You know, it, I, the race, of course, as you know, is on for 2020, David, uh, in who, who the Democrats are going to nominate. Oh, the lady from California. Kamala Kamala Harris, uh, his name has been popping up, which I find interesting, uh, since she's only been in the U.S. Senate for a six months. Wait a second. Wait a second. I, I've seen this movie before. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen I this I movie can before. Name names. I think I've seen this movie before. Uh, maybe we want to put somebody with a little more executive experience in the White House. I think we learned our lesson um, uh, this last little bit, uh, and currently are learning our lesson uh, that just because you're a successful businessman, if if he was such a thing, uh, doesn't make you a good politician or a good political leader. Um, Mr. Trump is uh, uh, not exactly leading leading America forward, so to speak. Uh, what I can't figure out, David, is who the thirty six percent are that think he's doing a good job. That that's what I can't quite figure out. Um, but they must be out there somewhere. Uh, now, David, there's been some immigration news this week uh, that you may may have heard of, uh, but it's not maybe what you're thinking about. 
David, we've talked on this show before about the H-2B visa program. The H-2B visa program is a visa designed for temporary foreign workers to come to the U.S. to perform seasonal... Come from Russia? Is that anywhere. They can, well, they can, there's only a certain countries they can come from, but Russia is, uh, I think, one of them. Uh, but to come to the United States to perform seasonal work or peak need work or contractual work, that's not all year long. The, word, the key word, of course, is temporary foreign labor. Uh, so it cannot be uh, a job that lasts all year long because then it would not be temporary. Now, there's a couple pieces of news that came out about this. First, the bizarre thing about the H-2B program is that it's limited numerically every year to only 66,000 people. So its impact on the American labor market is stunningly minimal, stunningly minimal. Uh, and these are typically jobs that locals don't take. Like for, you know, like for example, you're in the, lo- the seasonal lobster restaurant business in Maine. So, you know, nobody goes to Maine in January to go get lobster, all right? The, I mean, it's, it's a really Memorial Day to Labor Day kind of job, basically. But nobody wants those jobs that are local because they're only part-time. I mean, they're only part of the year. What do you do the rest of the year? So they bring in seasonal labor. You know, they used to bring in late kids from the city to go work, from New York to go up, but now they just bring in foreign workers. Well, there's only 33,000 of these jobs, of these 66,000 that are available for the summer work. The other 33,000 are available for winter work. And, of course, they ran out. We had clients that were trying to bring in some coffee workers, people to work in a new coffee uh, uh, farm they have here in Georgia, but were unsuccessful because they were just too late. They ran out of visas. Well, the Trump administration was given authority uh, by Congress to increase the number of temporary workers to f- by fifteen by by a number they thought reasonable, and they just came out with a number of fifteen thousand. Now, here's what's weird about this program, David. One, I mean, it's really difficult to get these workers anyway. The the criteria are su- super difficult. But do you know who one of the larger users of this program is? Just out of curiosity, do you happen to know? It would be uh, Donald Trump. And and the Southern Winter White House. He brings them into the, the White House? Mar-a-Lago. Mar-a-Lago uses uh, this last year about 62 of these workers. Now, it's interesting. Trump wants to shrink legal immigration and limit the number of people coming to America, except for the category that he uses people for every single year. Uh, this just smacks of hypocrisy. Uh, but, uh, you know, what do you want from, from a Trump administration um, uh, other than just massive amounts of hypocrisy? Um, so these uh, these jobs for the H-2B, so the employer has to advertise and show that there's no qualified, willing, and able U.S. workers to do the job. These are non-farm jobs. These aren't jobs that aren't farm. That's a separate visa. That's the H-2A program. Um, and uh, it's been interesting because Trump's all about America first. America do this. America do that. Uh, but when questioned about this, that this seems out of, by adding visas to the category that, that Trump uses for his, for his uh, company, uh, that it seems to be out of line for the higher American philosophy, a senior administration DHS official assured reporters on a briefing off the record about the change, that this is completely in line with the president's nationalistic stance. We do think it fits into America first, focus of the administration. It helps American businesses continuing to prosper, including Trump's hotels, which use lots of H-2B visas. Um, 
But this is weird. I mean, but how does it help America prosper if you bring in foreign workers? Is he doing anything illegal? No, absolutely not. He's just being a hypocrite. You know, he's just. But David, he's being a hypocrite. He wants to cut H one B workers. He wants to cut green cards for people, except for the category that he uses. That's hypocrisy. He's saying I want to be able to compete, but I don't want other American businesses to be able to compete. And how do you feel about con? About what? Con. What's con? I don't know what con is. Certificate of need. What is a certificate of need? I, don't, I mean, what, what has well, it nothing to do with immigration? What, what does that have to do? You ought to look it up. It's a, it's a very interesting. Has nothing to do with immigration, David. This is an immigration show. It's not a it's not a prison show about cons. You ought to look it up. Uh, I, may, I may even look up that up if we ever did a show that wasn't about immigration. And it does affect uh, immigration. How does it affect immigration? Well, if you don't know what it means, then... Well, tell me what it means. You, you brought it up. and Look it up. And what, is it, what does con mean? I don't know what con it's means. It's the government's way of, of uh, monopolizing an industry, which is like hospitals. If I want to put up an outpatient surgery center next to Northside Hospital, right. virtually impossible because they'll go to the state, lobby the state and say, and or city, and or county, mm-hmm. so forth, that there is no need for a surgery center that registers its prices and everything else. Uh, what does that have to do with immigration? I mean, that's... Th- Immigrants use... It'd be much less expensive for them to go... Oh, I don't disagree. And yeah, if, if that's happening, it shouldn't happen. But that doesn't do with immigration. What we're talking about here is the hypocrisy of the Trump administration. But there's hypocrisy... So you're saying, oh, it, it, government's all hypocrites, so it doesn't really matter. You know, the, Trump, 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 Trump can... Trump can manipulate the the government to do good for his business and harm other businesses, and that's okay. But he didn't make the law after he got in, or didn't he? Was no, no, absolutely. But he is trying to change law in a way that only he benefits from. See, that's the hypocrisy here. The reality is, you want to shrink legal immigration to America. I, People I, are going to be hurt. Americans will be hurt by that. Congress American businesses will be hurt. Going to make the laws, not Trump. Well, but Trump leads the way, right? Well, of course, I, I, we all know what a massively ineffectual leader he is. He can't even get health care reform. But, and I don't think Congress is actually going to shrink legal immigration. But that's what he wants. That's the message he's sending out there. And, David, sometimes the message is more important than the actual legislation. The message goes abroad. It says, look, America is closed for business. America doesn't want you anymore. I'll give you a great example here in Georgia that the message the Georgia legislature sends out. This is a great example of this. Do you know to get a business license in the state of Georgia that you have to show uh, that if you're a foreign national, you have to show what's called an alien number to get a, to get a business license? Uh, but foreign investors that come here under an investor visa don't get an alien number. It's not part of what they are. So unbeknownst to the world, and certainly the people at the state legislature who do not understand immigration law, who don't dare ask a real immigration lawyer what this means, they have now passed a law that limits business licenses to people, the foreign nationals, that only have an alien number when the actual investor visa doesn't give an alien number. I mean, more of government shrinking the ability of America to remain competitive and to bring in investors and business to the country. But this idea that Trump has that he's going to uh, shrink immigration, uh, eliminate legal immigration to America in a way that will be massively harmful to the United States in the long run um, is just manifested by this whole H-2B thing, uh, where, in fact, they want to 
Um, they've been given authority by Congress to increase numbers, but at the same time, uh, these workers are going to work in jobs that Trump says Americans could do. It's just that, David, the, the whole hypocrisy of the whole situation is, to me, just completely stunning. Just completely stunning. And uh, uh, I guess it just kind of ticks me off. Just ticks me off to see the consistent manipulation by leadership and government to benefit themselves and not to help the greater American population. David, is there a political party out there that helps Americans? Does that exist? I don't think it does. Certainly the Democrats have no plan whatsoever for anything uh, other than to say, hey, we're going to keep Obamacare without fixing it. Uh, no, I know they were shut out by the GOP, but at the same time, where's your plan? Where's your information? This is as bad. Democrats are as bad as Republicans who voted 63 times to repeal Obamacare and literally never thought about a replacement. For seven years, they never thought about a replacement. This is like an immigration. But, you know, they, they want to fix immigration, but they have no plan. Yet they won't talk to the people who really know how the system works and how it could work better to more effectively help America succeed, America become and remain great. Uh, so it's just, uh, to me, very, very frustrating that we have uh, this, this scenario going on uh, where uh, Congress or, or, or the, 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 uh, the administration, especially since Congress can't pass anything, uh, is trying to manipulate or change laws, but we know who really benefits. When we come back on this break, we're going to talk about uh, the new DACA bill or Dreamer bill and where that's going to go on, America, on the Immigration Hour on America's Web Radio. Soy Charles Cook, el jefe del grupo de abogados Cook Immigration Partners. Estoy en su lado. Con más de 20 años de experiencia con la ley de inmigración, conozco cómo ayudarle. Sé la ley y sé que alguna gente podemos ayudar. Llámanos hoy a las 404-816-8611. A las 404-816-8611. O visítenos en el internet. www.immigration.net. Whether cruising the strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. Cook Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with e-verify in your business or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules or if you marry a foreign national, Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866-286-6200. That's 866-286-6200. Or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to the Immigration Hour on America's Web. Again, David, great to be back with you again. It's been, been a while. Uh, I will be here next week, by the way, but in, for the next two weeks for that, I will be in Peru. Maybe we'll broadcast from Peru. We'll do a, a face. It will be a live show from Peru. Um, so the big news last yesterday on immigration, uh, besides the Trump hypocrisy, was Senator Graham and Senator Durbin getting together to introduce a bill called the Bridge Act, to protect dreamers. Now we know we had this news last week when uh, when DHS Secretary John Kelly, who apparently has abandoned all common sense after becoming DHS Secretary, 
after serving uh, in the military for, for a very long time, understanding the issue of immigration uh, as it pertained to national security, has abandoned all understanding of the issue and just deferred to the anti-immigration uh, know-nothings that now run amok in the Trump administration. Uh, and he said uh, that... I don't know what's going to happen with DACA. I mean, it's you know, if if these governors and and attorney generals sue us, it's up to Jeff Sessions whether he defends it or not. I don't know. I don't think he's going to defend it. I don't know what's going to happen to DACA. And those words, coupled with the panic voice of, of Luis Gutierrez, has really not been helpful in any part of the DACA process. In fact, it held up the Dream Act back in 2010, screaming from the rooftops, "DACA is over! DACA is over!" DACA's not over, and DACA's not going to go away. Even if these uh, these uh, know-nothings sue the administration over DACA's legality, what they're forgetting is that the legality of DACA has already been subject to lawsuit and has prevailed in the Fifth Circuit. Uh, so there's actually case law on this issue. Plus, DACA is somewhat different than DAPA in that DACA has actually undergone, at least partially, the process of uh, the APA. Uh, the uh, certainly the work permit aspect of DACA has gone through the APA, uh, and therefore the argument that it has not gone through the regulatory process is not doesn't hold water. And that was the key argument in the DAPA case. And then finally, of course, even if Sessions decides he's not going to defend the lawsuit, I can guarantee you that other groups will step up as friends of the court and defend DACA. Uh, so there's I I am convinced that DACA will remain. People should be extending their DACA at you know six months before it expires. You should have your DACA in with immigration, uh, which means you should be starting at the seven month mark to get it ready to go and to save your money uh, to get it filed. And that people that are eligible for DACA, we recently become eligible for DACA as kids, should be applying for it. I do not see them ever parading kids out of the United States on DACA, uh, by ending DACA. Uh, but as a result of this threat from the DHS, uh, at least these words of caution from Secretary Kelly, Durbin and Graham have gotten together to create what's called the Bridge Act. Uh, the Bridge Act is um, called otherwise known as the Bar Removal of Individuals who dream and grow our economy act. David, I just love acronyms like that. They probably said, what are we going to call this? I don't know. What are the words we're going to use? So the Bridge Act. The Bridge Act is a three-year bill, and all the Bridge Act does is stop the... gives Well, it gives actual legal protection, really what is essentially temporary protected status, or TPS, basically, to these kids. Uh, and Graham and Durbin are calling for Trump if he supports these kids, if he really says, look, I'm not, I'm going to go with the kid, to come forward and say, I support this bill. Um, and uh, the alternative is, of course, you know, more people in deportation proceedings, which are not going to ultimately end up getting deported. Uh, so the idea is it gives DACA kids provisional protected status, and allows undocumented immigrants who are DACA eligible to apply for the status if they pay a fee and underground, undergo a background check. Uh, right now, you've got Jeff Flake, Kamala, Kamala Harris. I don't know how her name. Kamala, I think is how it says because she's like half Indian, half African American. Kamala Harris, Lisa Murkowski, Diane uh, Difi is on there, and your personal friend Chuck Schumer is on there. You're, you're a political hero, along with Lindsey Graham. So it's kind of a bipartisan piece of legislation. Um, and we'll see what happens with this. Uh, Trump uh, says, quote, 
I'm confident that if President-elect Trump were to support this measure, we can repeal the unconstitutional executive order and Congress will provide temporary legal status for the proper constitutional process. So the Bridge Act is out there, David. We're going to, as soon as it's introduced officially, you'll see a lot more about it in the media. Uh, but I think that uh, the Bridge Act would go a long way to both helping our economy and to bringing these kids uh, a little bit closer to what they should have. Uh, which is uh, legal status in the United States. And we'll see what happens with that. Uh, but I, like everything else in Congress, David, how, how a Republican majority cannot pass a Republican health care bill is, is beyond me. I just don't get it. And, and the only thing I can figure, David, in this is that there is more than one Republican Party. There are, within the Republican Party, actually sub-parties which simply do not believe the same things. Um, now, the Democrats, for all their fighting and infighting, appear to be on the same page with a lot of the same issues. Uh, but the Republicans can't seem to get it together on this. And, I, and honestly, that's weird because the GOP seem to be such a united party behind uh, the worst president ever elected in the United States. So we'll see, we'll see what happens uh, with this. But I'm not holding a lot of hope out that the Bridge Act could get passed. But it's out there, and it's something that uh, folks need to be aware of. Now, we'll talk about it more on the show. We'll, of course, post it on my Facebook page at Charles H. Cook. Because David, I have two Facebook pages. I'm Charles Cook, which is full because you fill up with friends, apparently. So we started Charles H. Cook or Cook Immigration Partners, either one, where we post lots of this information uh, to help people out in the context uh, of of immigration. Uh, now, at the same time that uh, that's going on is as they try to fight for immigration reform and try to fight for uh, this idea of DACA kids uh, being protected. We also have our own lovely state, uh, uh, our own governor, our own governor, our own uh, senator from Georgia, David Perdue, deciding he's going to work with the anti-immigration minions and the know-nothings in Congress uh, to create uh, an immigration bill that limits legal immigration to the United States. Uh, and I find uh, the irony of this and the irony slash hypocrisy is really stunning to me. Uh, about uh, Purdue. Didn't Purdue make a lot of his money uh, being CEO of Dollar General? And isn't Dollar General frequently frequented by, by Latinos? Uh, because it's, it's relatively inexpensive and many Latinos are, are, are below the poverty line or at the poverty line. It's stunning to me that a man who enriched himself on the back of the poor of the United States, and especially immigrants, would now seek a way to uh, to limit them from coming to the United States, uh, this bill uh, that um, that Purdue is co co working on with, uh, and I don't, I don't think he really understands squat about it, but I think he's decided apparently to team up with the anti immigrants here in Georgia for his reelection. Now, David, is he up in 2020 or in 2018? When did when did none run against him? Do you remember? Was that two years ago? So he's up in 2020. So he's probably positioning himself uh, as a member of the anti-immigration movement uh, in Georgia to try to rack up votes, not knowing that by 2020 that will likely cost him the election. Uh, so this bill that he and, and Purdue, I guess Cotton, introduced on Tuesday bars immigrants from bringing almost anyone to the country but their spouses and minor children uh, to the United States. Latino and Asian Americans who are more likely to be recent immigrants who have kids living abroad would be disproportionately affected by this change. 
The bill also eliminates the diversity lottery, which, frankly, Africans have used to immigrate to the United States in the last 20 years more than any other group. It's been the primary source of African immigration to the United States. Uh, and to uh, um, uh, cap the refugee resettlement at 50,000 people a year. Um, so the senators predicted this bill would cut legal immigration by half in, immediately. Uh, they also think it stands a chance of getting passed. You see, I don't think it has any chance of getting passed. I don't know any Democrats that are going to vote for this. Uh, so I just I just find it interesting um, that it says people like um, the recent immigrant to the United States uh, who wants to bring his adult unmarried child here to bring his family together uh, can't do that. That basically shuts off uh, that process. Uh, or it says you can't bring your parents to the United States. Um, that would be cut off. Uh, and, the, and, you know, immigration, family immigration has been the the core focus of our immigration policy uh, over the last, um, uh, really over the last uh, 50 years. And I would tell you, I believe uh, that um, immigration that has been good for America over the last 50 years. I think we have become a much greater nation, a much better nation, a much more fulfilling nation uh, because of that. Uh, and I, you know, but there are people who believe that we're just not white enough anymore, and we need to start being white again. I think those days are uh, are long past. I think they are they are uh, uh, standing against the flow of history, and will ultimately be uh, be swept under the doormat of history. Now, there's something else, David, that's also going on within another kind of internal policy change at immigration. Congress back in 1996 created a law that said. If uh, ICE, if, if then at the INS at the time, catches you in the United States and you have been here for less than two years, then you can be put into what's called expedited removal. That, you, that means you don't get a hearing in front of a judge. You can just literally be, there's an administrative process, but within a day you could actually be deported. All right? That program is in place right now at airports and at some ports of entry. And it's limited to people who are, if they're entering on a visa, typically at a port of entry or a land port, uh, who have either fake documents or their documents aren't appropriate. So either they're committing fraud or they don't have the right visa to come to the United States. They can be what they call expedited removal, expeditiously removed from the United States, expedited removal, or ER. But that law also says that it can be applied to, at the discretion of, of, of then INS but now DHS, to anyone caught within the United States, not just at the border, if they haven't been here for two years. So what's happening now is the administration is studying a proposal to seek expedited removal of undocumented immigrants operating anywhere in the United States who cannot prove that they have lived in the country continuously for more than 90 days. Okay, this is one of these internal memos that got out to the Post uh, earlier this week. Um, and if enacted would represent a major expansion of the agency's authority to speed up deportation. Now, what they confirmed about the new policy is it would not require congressional approval because it's already law. Um, probably has to go through the APA, however. Uh, the White House saw the memo in May. Uh, OMB is looking at it right now. And as the DHS spokesman says, she described it as, quote, the potential changes would allow DHS to more efficiently use resources to remove persons who have been illegally present for relatively brief periods of time while still observing due process requirements. And why I say that is because if you say the magic words, I'm afraid to go back, 
they then have to give you an asylum hearing, which stops the expedited removal process. At the same time, this is a, a wild departure from the process. And you have to think about this. One of the things I wrote a blog on in December or in January that got a lot of hits, almost 2 million reads, David, was that if you were an immigrant to America and you weren't documented, you needed to start carrying around evidence with you that you've been in the United States for longer than two years. Uh, and that this evidence uh, would need to be produced to ICE upon them detaining you. And if you could not produce this evidence <clears throat> at that time, they might literally put you into expedited removal. What's interesting is, uh, what are the numbers of the 11 to 12 million undocumented? How many have been here for less than two years? I mean, I would suggest very few of them have actually been here for less than two years. Uh, so th- while the bill would have major scare factor, it would have minimal uh, application in the real world, but people would still get panicked by it. We're going to take our next break here on the Immigration Hour on America's Web Radio. We'll be back and talk more about these new immigration proposals that are out there. Si usted tiene problemas con inmigración o asuntos que tiene que arreglar, llama a los abogados de Cook Immigration Partners. Somos en su lado. Tenemos más de 50 años de experiencia haciendo las leyes de inmigración y defendiendo a los inmigrantes. Llámenos hoy a las 404-816-8611, a las 404-816-8611 o al www.immigration.net. This is Dr. George. Join me Wednesday mornings at 9 o'clock for Medicine on Call. On Medicine on Call, we talk about more than medicine. It's about how to take control of your mind, body, and spirit. Cook Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with e-verify in your business, or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules, or if you marry a foreign national, Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866-286-6200. That's 866-286-6200, or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to the Immigration Hour on America's Web Radio. Now, David, I want to talk now about facts. I know facts aren't in vogue right now, but we're going to talk about actual facts. Um a good article yesterday in, in the uh, in the USA Today, which is saying a lot, by the way. This is a good article in the USA Today, following up on a story from the Atlantic back in May, with this headline. And David, let me know: Does this surprise you? Immigration arrests up, deportations down under Trump. Does that surprise you? No, David's not surprised uh, because he knows how incompetent Trump is. So. What's going on is really interesting. If you compare ICE's arrests for the first six months of his administration to the last three months of the Obama administration, here's what you get. ICE in in June arrested 13,914 people. Okay, uh, In the final three months of the Obama administration, when they were arresting nobody, by the way, David, they still arrested 9,000 people. I mean, Obama, it wasn't enforced in the law. So there's been a 4,000 increase. The average for, for Trump from February to June, by the way, is 1385, 13,085. Uh, so they're averaging about just a little under 4,000 more arrests a month. I mean, that's okay. That's an additional... 50,000 people a year that you would arrest over Obama. 
which still have you only arresting, and that's compared to Obama's last three months. Now, we know for the last two years of his administration, Obama wasn't deporting or arresting in nearly as many people as he was previously. But if you compare that to the to the to the the key parts of the Bush of the Joe Obama administration, I'm going to tell you, the average arrests are less than Obama was arresting. So why all the panic? Why all the bruja that a Trump is deporting everybody? Trump's enforcing the law when actually he's not even close to the numbers that Obama had. Uh, Trump is in fact apparently an amateur. Um, in the final three months of the Trump administration of the Obama administration. <laughs> How I wish it were the final three months of the Trump administration. I am so sorry to does a little Freudian slip there. In the final three months of the Obama administration, the agency averaged 22,700 deportations a month. So they would have gotten to somewhere in the neighborhood of about 280,000 deportations a year. And that was about what he did his last two years when they weren't deporting nearly as many people compared to the 400 in the first six years per year. The Trump administration, however, has only deported 16,000 people a year between February and a month between February and June. Um, now, ICE is saying, well, it's the court's fault. It's the court's fault. Really? It's the court's fault? I, I love when it's always somebody else's fault. Uh, so there's a, there's a backlog of 610,000 cases in immigration court, uh, and you're dumping more in every month then the court can actually put out in a month, and you're wondering why the backlog has gone. Here's here's what's going on, David, that's really interesting. Uh, Sessions, who's in charge of the immigration courts, has sent 25 immigration judges to detention centers along the border and wants to add more. But here's the kicker. He's actually taken them from the interior of the United States. So what happens is a judge in Atlanta gets sent to the border for a month, who already has a full docket, his cases just get reset to two years from now or three years from now. Now, they are adding judges this year. They want to hire 50 new immigration judges this year and 75 the following year. The problem is, where are you going to get those lawyers from who want to do what could be the worst job in the world? Worst job in the world, destroying families right at the front lines. I would never do that job. I think that job would just suck the life soul out of out of somebody if they did it long enough. Um, so I know somebody's got to do it, but it doesn't have to be me. But I found this interesting that Trump is deporting. And you, I tell you, you you go into the Latino community and you say this, and nobody believes you. No, they're deporting everybody. No. Well, I saw ICE on Buford Highway. Yeah, yeah, they're certainly going after the low hanging fruit, which is what they are. I mean, you know, they are going after the easy people to find, people that report into immigration custody. Okay. That's 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 easy. And any 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 idiot could could arrest those people. When are you going to go out and actually, you know, go after people? And that's the reality is they're not going to do that because they don't have the funds to do that. They only have X thousand dollars a year. And Holman's even said they can deport four hundred thousand people a year. It's the same number Obama was saying. We can deport four hundred thousand a year. Okay. That's what we'll do. Now the big key difference under Trump, uh David, has been the reduction in illegal immigration, new illegal immigrants coming to the United States. There have been a massive uh, uh, reduction in that. Uh, and uh, the, the, the idea of reduced legal immigration is it's at really 
Uh, Trump claimed it was at its lowest point in 17 years. And uh, our friends at PolitiFact said that is true. In fact, it is at its lowest point in 17 years. Uh, and that's because the word got out that Trump is going to deport people. He's going to arrest you. He's going to hold you in custody. What's odd about that, it's really just marketing, isn't it? It's really just marketing. He hasn't put any more money at the border, hasn't built the wall, hasn't really put any more agents at the border. So what's the difference? Marketing. Marketing that's sold by him and by a lot of the ethnic media, especially the Spanish media, who focuses all the time on this horrible thing that Trump is doing. And the words got out to a broad, hey, if you come to America, you know, you, you might get caught and you might get put in jail. So we see that illegal immigration is down 73% to its lowest level in 17 years. Now, what was 17 years ago, David? Do you remember what was 17 years ago? Y2K. Remember Y2K? Oh, my gosh, the world's going to end. It's Y2K time. We're all going to die. The computers are going to turn off, and we're not going to know what to do, and the society will end as we know it. Um, after Y2K, uh, um, after we lived through the nightmare of Y2K, people started coming to the United States again. Why? Because the economy was booming. It was booming. Construction was booming. Uh, service workers were booming. Agriculture was booming. So I think one other reason why you might say that illegal immigration is down is those things aren't necessarily booming. Uh, yeah, there's clearly a correlation between Trump's enforcement rhetoric, not his actions, but his rhetoric, and the reduction in illegal immigration. Um, but this, this is a trend that Obama was seeing as well towards the end of his administration. There's there were fewer and fewer apprehensions at the border uh, and we know that, at least in Obama's last year, that was the lowest number of people caught coming into the country since Nixon was president for 40 years. So it's no surprise that illegal immigration is reducing. And there's also the factor that I mean, the media just doesn't quite understand is that there aren't, there aren't a lot of people coming from Mexico anymore. A big chunk of our undocumented immigration for the last 40, 50, 60, 80 years were from Mexico. But Mexico's demographics, and it's the power of demography, Mexico's demographics have changed dramatically. Mexico is basically at replacement rate births. births. Uh, they have an economy that's growing. Uh, they have jobs there. Now, it's not a perfect country. It's not the United States. But if it's good enough, then most people will not come illegally to the United States. So you end up seeing a lot more Central Americans coming, or you see Venezuelans fleeing from their country. But you don't see the massive numbers because there's reasons to stay behind. Uh, and it's not because the fence is built. It's not because it's going to stop 60-pound bags of marijuana from being thrown over a 50-foot fence, which, by the way, technically is impossible. <laughs> it's technically impossible. Um, and as one of my friends noted, it might be the only way marijuana kills you. <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny. Uh, but at the same time, these numbers are are shrinking, and there's lots of reasons why. Uh, and we'll interesting to see if that happens, if that continues to happen. Uh, and I'm curious to see how much of that we can ultimately attribute to Trump and how much we can attribute to, to demography and how much we can attribute to the lackluster economy that continues to do nothing under Trump other than increase the value of the stock market, which is nothing compared to the values that Obama contributed to the stock market during his eight years, but which continues to go up a little bit, a little bit every single day. But now may be reaching its peak. David, one of the things that concerns me uh, uh, in this regard is um, 
One way to judge the strength of the American economy is its foreign exchange rate. Uh, and right now, the pound is gaining against the dollar. We've gone from one twenty-five to about one third dollar thirty-one. That's a massive change in currency, particularly in light of the fact that Brexit is happening and, and the UK is going on its own. And who knows what the economy is going to do when that happens? Uh, so it, it shows you that there is real concern out there about the U.S. economy and I and leadership. And I, I immigration may in fact be a leading indicator of where. Uh, uh, the economy is going because if you're not attracting people to come here in in great waves, you may in fact be headed towards a recession, or you may be headed towards a period of of lackluster economic growth uh, that uh, that may uh, may uh, uh, be problematic uh, going forward uh, for for folks. Um, now, David, one thing that has grown that I've seen uh, dramatically. Are the number of detentions by ICE? Uh, we have a. In the next segment, we're going to talk about a, a new client of ours. But we have seen the detentions for n- no reasons uh, skyrocket. Uh, you would have been wise, David, on the day before the election, believing that Trump was going to win, to buy stock in the Corrections Corporation of America, now called Core Civic, which is hilarious. Um, or into Geo Group, these these companies that run private prisons, because they are making bank on the Trump administration. In fact, in the newest budget proposal that's being drafted right now, uh, billions more are added to ICE's budget to allow them to create more beds in these private prisons to detain more people in the United States pending their deportation. Uh, and the, the detention system, David, is used as a hammer against immigrants who are fighting their removal from the United States. If you are, uh, let's say you're detained for driving without a license and you're stopped because your windows are tinted too dark, so probably an illegal stop, but you're stopped, you pay your ticket, but ICE arrests you. Let's say you've been here 20 years. Let's say you've got four or five kids. Let's say you're the sole supporter of your family. And ICE refuses to give you a bond, and a judge refuses to give you a bond. Uh, at that point, what do you do as you wait six months for your hearing in jail while your family so slowly goes and disintegrates, while your economic success evaporates while your psyche and emotional health and physical health deteriorate in jail. And what they use, what ICE does is it uses detention as a weapon to get people to agree to be deported rather than fight their cases. Uh, That's morally wrong. It is morally wrong. Detention is not a weapon. It's meant to keep people apart from society who are either a danger or a flight risk. And if you're not a danger or a flight risk, bonds should be, should be reachable for people if you're not those things. It shouldn't be unreachable for people. Uh, and if it's unreachable for people, it's the same as having no bond. Uh, yesterday we had a hearing in immigration court. My partner did. Uh, and uh, the judge found that, my, that the client was eligible for a bond. And uh, the, she said, well, what would be an appropriate bond? And my, 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 my lawyer said, well, our client can pay $3,500. $3, well, government, uh, do you think that's too low? And the government lawyer initially said, oh, you know, I, you know I, don't, I don't really have a problem with it. I said, are you sure you, it's, not, it's not too low? And the government lawyer goes, okay, $7,500. Okay, judge, $7,500 judge the judge. Why would he do that? Why would he do that? What, what does the judge care? 
if already been shown you're eligible for bond, so you're a flight, you're not a flight risk danger. What is the, what is the concept between punishing somebody with a bond that they cannot pay? To make it, why does it have to be painful? Bonds aren't meant to be painful for people. They're they're meant to ensure that you come back. But why, if you, if you're eligible for relief, why wouldn't you come back? This is a, this is really the, uh, uh, the nightmare that we face uh, every day. Uh, because we are fighting a system that is not just about uh, the government wanting to deport clients. It's about judges who get involved uh, in the deportation process in ways that make it much harder to seek the relief that individuals are eligible for. Um, we're going to come back here on Immigration Hour in just a minute, uh, talk more about immigration and talk about some interesting, an interesting case that ICE currently has that they should be held accountable for. We're back in a minute on Immigration Hour on America's Web Radio. Si usted ha casado con un ciudadano, o tiene problemas con inmigración, o tiene una oferta de trabajo, llama a los abogados de Cook Immigration Partners. Somos en su lado. Con más de 100 años de experiencia en la ley de inmigración, conocemos la ley y sabemos cómo ayudarle. Llámalos hoy a las 404-816-8611, a las 404-816-8611, o visítenos al www.immigration.net. Hi, I'm Dr. Mike Karuchak. Join me and my co-host, Dr. Hal Schurz, as we talk about the topics that doctors talk about amongst themselves, such as Medicare, Obamacare, alternative forms of care, and health information technology. Join us every Thursday morning, 8 to 9 a.m. Cook Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with e-verify in your business, or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules, or if you marry a foreign national, Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866-286-6200. That's 866-286-6200. Or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to the Immigration Hour on America's Web Radio. David, yesterday afternoon I met with a, um, could best be described as a social worker, uh, about a young woman who was brought to the United States uh, as a, an adult under a fiancé visa. She met, uh, she met this man who's a United States citizen, but also from her own country. She knew him as a child. They were friends together as a child. Uh, he ultimately immigrated to the United States and then filed a fiancé petition for her about in, in 2015. She entered the United States in 2015. And when you enter as a fiancé or what they call a K-1 visa, uh, you have 90 days to get married. And they did. They got married a month later. But then he told her he was not going to file for a green card for her. The next step would be to file for her green card. He was not going to do that for her. And he would not give her a key to the house. He made her stay home all day while he went working. Uh, He began to physically abuse her uh, and held her as what could only be described as a sex slave. Um, In 2000, fast forward, and it's been going on for two years. Fast forward to May 2017. Uh, there's a she decides to fight back one day, and lands a punch on his nose. Uh, after she had been abused and beaten for two years, he calls the police. Says she physically abused me. The police arrest her in Gwinnett County and take her away. She speaks no English. He does. They take her away. They put her in Gwinnett County Jail. 
about a month and a half later, finally, her public defender gets the uh, gets all the documentation of her abuse, shows it to the solicitor, and they dismiss the charges against her. Say so this is this is not she did not commit this crime, but she's in custody, so what, and she's undocumented. ICE arrests her and brings her to a deten- one of these private detention centers, a place called Osilla, uh, and has detained her there ever since. And this is where the social worker got found out about her and went to go see her. She had a child 10 months ago. She was breastfeeding when they arrested her in May, and her husband refused to pay the bond. And she didn't know anybody else to call. Nobody else called to get ready, so he left her in there, let her suffer through the ending of the breastfeeding for this child. Uh, and now refuses to help her uh, as part of her green card process. Uh, that came to my office yesterday as a case. I called ICE this morning and said, why are you holding this woman? You know that they dismissed the charges against her because she'd been the victim of domestic violence and she's eligible for a petition for domestic violence in the United States. So far, David, I don't have a response back from ICE. I'll update everybody next week on what ICE does with this woman. But we're going to be filing for a bond for her immediately. But she's not. She, her first hearing uh, was last week in front of a judge. And, you know, the, nobody gets a lawyer in court. And the judge at least graciously said, okay, I'm going to give you more time to get a lawyer. Because uh, he realized that she had other options uh, to fight to stay in the United States. But nobody called a private lawyer because there is no public defender in immigration court. Thank goodness woman came to me so we can help this woman. But it's a situation that is, that is beyond tragic. It is, it is immoral. Uh, so ICE is using, and I will tell you, uh, under Obama, this woman would not have been detained. She would not have been detained. This is a Trump detention. Uh, and now I believe once, once the issue is brought to the leadership's attention at ICE locally, that they will release her. I believe they will do that, but I'm not sure. So we're going to be prepared to represent her pro bono. But, David, this is the kind of thing that's going on in America right now. It's, it's good to – everybody wants their law enforced. And I had an argument the other day with a, with, a, with a guy who's kind of a big Trump supporter who's trying to get a job with the Trump administration uh, by writing blogs on, uh, on saying how great Trump is on immigration. And he says, well, Clinton was the same way. Clinton wanted, wanted this law to pass. Clinton wanted immigration reform. Clinton wanted to go after people. Okay, it's true. But, you know, those people that Clinton wanted to deport 20 years ago and did not are still here. And 20 years on, they've now lived half their life or more in the United States. They have kids here. They have homes here. They have families here. They have jobs here. They have businesses here. They have become part of America. And the laws that may have seemed like a good idea 20 years ago aren't necessarily a good idea today. I'm sure, David, that the 55-mile-an-hour speed limit seemed like a really good idea in the midst of an energy crisis. But in reality, it was a bad idea and did not, in fact, do anything to solve the energy crisis in America. These, these laws that we currently have do not solve or stop or even punish illegal immigration in a way that's effective. There are ways to do that that are much more effective, but it requires Congress to do it. But in the meantime, the president has the prosecutorial discretion to decide which laws he's going to enforce and which ones he's going to be more lenient on. And even the ones he's going to enforce, he needs to decide how how he's going to enforce those, how he is going to use the immigration laws uh, in a way uh, that actually help America 
rather than hurt America. Um, and I think uh, that really the key here as part of this um, is making sure that cases like this young woman from Ecuador, who came legally to the United States, was literally as a victim of an abusive American spouse, that her case is not bundled with criminals. And yet, that's who she's supposed to detain with, criminals. She's not a criminal. It's also not a crime to overstay a visa. It's a civil law violation, yet she's being held in a detention center away from her 10-month-old son, whom she was breastfeeding up until two months ago, who likely conceived out of a, out of a spousal rape. This type of thing is what will point the way, I hope one day, to a real immigration process that really helps people legally immigrate here in ways that are both uh, viable, affordable, and at the same time protects the American society. Uh, I am um, uh, just curious uh, to see uh, um, uh, what's going to happen in Congress, what's going to happen over the next few months as uh, as Trump's plans on immigration are more solidified, are 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 are, are brought into a um, into focus, and as America has become cognizant of the type of people that these are that are writing these laws, they are pro-abortion, they are anti-population, they are white nationalists, they are people uh, that do not reflect the values of an American society that makes us a global leader. One of the reasons why we still have the largest and best economy in the world and why much of the world, at least until Trump looks to us for leadership and guidance is because we are a tolerant country who brings the best out of people. We've said it before on this show, David. Lazy people don't walk across the desert. People don't come here for benefits. People come here for the chance at success. And we should not be chasing those people away. We are truly attracting the best and the brightest of other countries to our country. And that's what's consistently made us a better country for the last 200 and almost 40 years, is we have consistently brought the best and the brightest here. Um, And uh, I think that... uh, at the end of the day, it's going to be it's going to be a long three and a half years until Trump leaves office. Uh, although I'm not predicting he's not going to get reelected, uh, but that's going to have a a generational impact on our immigration system that is going to be not for the better, and it's wildly disappointing. Uh, wildly disappointing. Uh, it's uh, it's not going to be something that's going to uh, really help us in any way whatsoever uh, to uh, to over- overcome the issues of illegal immigration or issues in our society that in any way uh, helps us move forward as a country. Well, Dave, it's been a good week. Good week. Uh, we're going to be back next week uh, with uh, more analysis of the legislation. Uh, we'll hopefully have a guest on next week that will talk about that uh, and tell us what way we can go forward, what what what, what ways we can help out uh, to move forward. And we're also going to talk about my Ecuadorian client to let you an update about when she may be out of custody. And I do completely believe that we'll get her out of custody this week. Until next week, this is your host, Charles Cook, on the Immigration Hour on America's Web Radio. 
Book Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with e-verify in your business, or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules, or if you marry a foreign national, Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866-286-6200. That's 866-286-6200. Or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. <laughs> 